TVOX Podcasts, Part 2, Pitch. I'm here again, Jennifer Kirk, with Zoe Robinson. Hello again. And we're going to talk a little bit about pitch and its effects primarily from the point of view of male-to-female trans women um, trying to develop uh, a more natural-sounding female voice often after having gone through the ravages of puberty, voice breaking, that sort of thing. Um, now, we've dealt with uh, chest resonance, uh, which on its own it makes a big difference, but isn't necessarily uh, the full mileage. And one of the other things that a lot of people notice, the difference between men and, and women's voices, is the pitch. Uh, obviously, women do tend to be higher pitched. Um, that isn't always the case, uh, and it's an example that I always give, that um, women can have uh, a very low pitch, um, and they're not necessarily read as uh, as being masculine because of that. Honor uh, Blackman is somebody who has uh, a very, very deep, almost gravelly voice, uh, and she... You, know, you would not mistake her for being anything other than a woman. Um, and similarly, you, know, you don't have to have a squeaky, um, I'm on helium-esque Kate Bush style voice to ensure being read as female. And it's perhaps one of the, the mistakes that I have seen made, or more, <laughs> more accurately perhaps heard made, that people think, you know, I, I must get as high-pitched as I possibly can. And that doesn't necessarily fit uh, how you visually look, uh, and the voice has to match the physical um, attributes of the person. You know, you have somebody who's in their 40s or 50s, uh, naturally that sort of a person would not be expected to be have a, have a very high-pitched, squeaky voice. Um, and I know when I went through the speech therapy and I, I had various things like my pitch was measured, um, I'm in the crossover range between average men and average women, and you know it fits with the physical image of me, what people see when they meet me. Uh, it, it fits with my age, um, and it doesn't draw attention to myself by being unduly squeaky. Um, it's something I've heard a lot of trans women early on in speech therapy, perhaps thinking that pitch is far more important than it really is in trying to get that really high-level squeaky, like, hello, everybody, I'm really high-pitched. And it does actually strain your vocal cords as well. It should be noted. You can actually damage your voice um, through straining it. Um, but, you know, that, that was my experience of having my, my voice frequency uh, tested. Uh, Zoe, uh, what were your experiences with uh, pitch? Well... I'm one of the people that <coughs> that began life with well tran began transition not life with one of those high pitched squeaky voices that was very very false. Jenny noticed that one of the first things she noticed about me when we first met was how high pitched my voice was because it was up here very squeaky and I had a bit of a lisp because I thought it made me sound feminine and. No, no doubt it probably did, until you met me and realised that I wasn't 12. I, was, I wasn't some pink-clad, stereotypical female person. So, yeah, pitch is focused on a lot, especially on what I've seen on the internet of other hints and tips for transition and successful transition, because although 
pitch is something that people notice straight away, it isn't the be-all and end-all that a lot of us think it is. I mean, I'm, I was in the same boat. I thought it was at first. But pick up a pick up a, a CD sometime or turn on the radio or the television and actually listen to some of the the women that are on television on radio. Um, radio 1, I remember, had a, a very successful range of female DJs that if you didn't if you didn't think about it, they were quite low pitched, but they were definitely female. And just and it's the same with us. Just because you're low pitched doesn't mean you're going to get red. Yeah, I mean it's like with so many things. Uh, very much you know, advice that we'd give about clothing is look at people around you. And again with pitch, it's listen to people around you. Um, and sorry, what? And your own age. Look at people your own age. That's the most important part. Yeah, sorry about that. Zoe has this habit of whispering at me. Even though I'm sat next to her, I can't hear what she's saying. Um, she gets scared when you put a microphone in front of her. Um, but anyway, I mean, how do we go about actually changing the pitch? I mean, everybody's voice has some degree of range. You know, you're not monotone. Um, but you can start moving that pitch up um, by... <laughs> And the best way to describe it is you you start to hold the muscles in your throat uh, slightly higher, slightly tighter, and you can feel, at first it will feel almost strained, and it's very important not to try and go too high, to push your range too far too quickly. Um, but over time, the muscles in your throat will become more used to the new position that they're being used in. And that goes with an awful lot of... Um, the different speech therapy techniques. Um, I know that when I went through it, the the, uh, the way it was described to me, the ideal end result was that I could get absolutely drunk out of my skin and I would still be able to maintain a female voice because it would become second nature to you. And again, with pitch, it may seem almost uh, like an insurmountable um mountain to climb over when you're feeling that your voice it feel, makes your throat feel tight uh, because your muscles just aren't used to being used in that way but over time you can try and just almost like move your voice box up and it, it's one really actually it's worth looking in the mirror whilst you're trying some of the exercises to move your range up you can actually see uh, if you've got an Adam's apple it's much more prominent you can actually see it sort of jump up when you reach this higher pitch you can you can see the results of tightening the throat to raise the pitch um, and you know, over time with practice it becomes second nature that the voice will sit at this new pitch and it becomes almost impossible to get your voice right down low again to where it may have once been before uh, you will still maintain a lot of that range um, but it becomes more and more difficult to access that, that lower pitch but again it's, it's important not to overdo it um, partially because you can you can damage the voice but also because you know if you end up sounding very very high pitched and squeaky then that in turn can be um, counterproductive and uh, draw possibly negative reactions to you um, but there we go so I, th I think the important point at this point is how do we practice I was always taught and it's something I tell everyone else singing singing flexes your vocal cords and helps you develop the range that you'll need in order to for successful speech 
Yeah, it's something I've heard a lot of people say is um, singing along to uh, various records that you like in the car. Um, very good environment to be able to um, practice without without too much fear of other people you know walking in or listening in on you. Uh, and I know a lot of people said you know pick pick female artists that you like and try and mimic that sound. Um, and one of the, the easiest things to mimic when singing is, of course, the pitch. Um, but, yeah, again, it's something that, like with everything else, practice um, is how it will come. Just keep practicing, build up that confidence, um, and with, that, with the chest resonance that we've already discussed um, moved out of your voice, you start to begin to form the basis to then move on to the, the fine-tuning of the voice.